Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. In today's podcast, I'm talking with two pioneers in recruiting and talent development in sustainable finance. Andy Cartland founded Acre 20 years ago and has built the company into a global leader in sustainability-focused recruitment. Gloria Mirioni is Executive Director and Head of Sustainable Finance and Impact Investing Americas at Acre. Welcome, Andy and Gloria. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure to be here. Great to be here, Paul. Thank you. So, Andy and Gloria, this podcast marks the first of a series that we are doing together where we'll be answering important questions about how human capital drives transformational change within financial services. And from my perspective, finding and developing talent are key to change, whether it's for traditional or alternative asset managers or banks and insurers. So before we get started, I also want to announce that Acre is the new sponsor for the Sustainable Finance Podcast. And I want to say a few words about Acre because I've been following this innovative and forward-thinking company for years. If you're tuning in to this podcast, then you already understand the crucial role finance plays in the transition to a sustainable future. With the right individuals leading the way in top companies, sustainability becomes more than just a buzzword. That's why we're excited to have Acre as our sponsor. As a world-leading sustainability search and recruitment company, Acre enables organizations to create real change by embedding and developing purpose-driven people in their teams. If you're ready to take your career to the next level or find the perfect fit for your team, head over to acre.com to learn more about their latest opportunities. So, Andy, you launched Acre 20 years ago. Since then, what would you consider the biggest surprise in the evolution of sustainability talent? Hi, Paul. Thanks for that wonderful introduction there. Um, yeah, 20 years is a is a long time, and I was in my early to mid-20s uh, without a whole lot of knowledge of, of how to start, let alone run a business at the time. Um, <clears throat> when I founded Acre, um, the environmental market, actually, this is pre-Acre, my first recruitment job, the environmental market was very technical, and it was driven by regional legislation, um, particularly linked to planning and development. So the talent requirement back then was things like impact assessment, acousticians, ecologists. And my specialism in my first couple of years was around ecology. So I had to develop expertise around UK protected species. So badgers and bats and great crested newts and water voles and all sorts of incredible animals. My, my background was in zoology. You know, so uh -huh. for me, this was kind of a, a dream, not, not a dream come true, but it was a, it was a great move. So a couple of years on, I, I went to um, to found um, Acre. And we were one of the first recruiters to focus in what at the time we referred to as CSR, so Corporate Social Responsibility. Yes. And the recruitment back then, um, <clears throat> it was very much focused around community engagement, philanthrop philanthropy, um, some reputational risk mitigation. So all really important stuff, but it was rarely linked to, to core business. But that's the, the big change that's kind of crept up over the last 20 years. But in particular, I'd say over the last five years, we've seen a, a dramatic change. So the modern drivers of sustainability now 
mean that the profession is really embedded um, within core business. And that's because the operations of business are so so closely linked now to the the impacts that they have and they're becoming more visible so we see forest fires and we we see plastic washing up on the beach and i've seen a fair amount of that being based out here in singapore um in in asia at the moment we're more likely to hear when a workforce is being exploited so all of that's being met by consumer pressure um, but also by regional and global legislation which now really is starting to to have teeth um, so the greatest change um, is really sustainability is now a hardcore business profession. Uh, and that's reflected in what our clients ask for when they re recruit somebody in terms of the, a person's leadership capabilities and also in how those people are rewarded and where they're sitting in organizations. So that, that's been a pretty remarkable development over the last few years. Okay, now, thank you very much for that introduction, Andy. Gloria, what are the sustainable finance career trends that your clients are talking about today? Thank you for that question, uh, Paul. That's, uh, that's, that's really, a, I think it's a great question. And quite frankly, having, having started in, this, in the search business a long time ago and then sustainable finance back in 2015, thereabouts, uh, I would say... What the top sustainable finance career trends we're noticing right now, I would I would break down to probably the primary uh, primarily three, and that would be to Andy's point also with with global concern regarding climate change and environmental issues uh, just becoming more amplified. What it's leading to is a is a much higher demand for climate finance professionals really across multiple functions, uh, so dynamic uh, investment strategists, analytics folks, compliance, and, and reporting uh, people, to name a few. I would say the number two trend that I've seen has really been increasingly the increased interest in true impact investing talent, which has been exciting. The third, I would say, would be an increase in business development talent that understands sustainable finance and can navigate the investor landscape. Seeing this trend across U.S. and Europe and Asia, so those are are the three trends that I would that I would point to. Yes, and and I couldn't agree with you more, Gloria. They're all very powerful trends, and to Andy's point earlier, they are. To becoming really important roles and issues within all companies across all industries. So now, Andy, what what are the biggest differences in talent trends that you notice across Singapore, your newest market, versus the Europe, uh, the European market, and the U.S. markets? Yeah, so I've been extremely fortunate to have spent the last eight months in, in Singapore, um, having relocated with my family from the UK to get us off the ground um, in the region. We've been very fortunate to hire a, an exceptional um, leader um, in the region. We've grown the, the team quite quickly to 10 people, which is, is based on um, a rapid acceleration um, of sustainability demand um, in the region out here. So, Demand in all of our regions um, has been high, and it's been it's been increasing over the last few years. In Singapore, we've seen 
a lot of government innovation. One of the reasons we're in Singapore is because Singapore wants to be a hub, a regional hub for sustainability. Um, so serving all the regions. So the, the, the region is often called the ASEAN region, um, so Southeast Asia and associated areas. And they have a, a range of a range of sustainability challenges, um, a lot around forestry, a lot around um, manufacturing as well. Um, so that's been a huge draw. And we were actually brought into this region. We were working with a lot of companies in apparel who manufacture their, their goods in this region. So it's quite a natural step for us. Um, the, the difficulty um, or the, the challenge, I should say, in Singapore, if we make a comparison to, to Europe, Europe is bound together by a few pieces of large environmental and sustainability legislation. When you come into a newer market um, like APAC, there are legislations moving at, at lightning pace and you have lots of countries with different legislations and that's quite difficult to keep up with not just for us as, as a recruiter but also for the for the candidate marketplace and for our clients when they're thinking about their their needs so that that creates a kind of interesting uh, dynamics and challenges the other the other um the other challenge um, that we have in singapore um there's an incredibly well developed um, range of commercial talent in Singapore. It's an incredible place with very talented people, but sustainability is a few years behind, let's say, the UK and Europe. And that means that our clients are having to think about how they balance sustainability talent with leadership capability, because they can't always get both as a combination. So sometimes they're having to think, okay, let's hire the the leadership or business capabilities that we need and let's establish how can we supplement that uh, with sustainability knowledge that might be through a consultancy or it might be through additional specialist hires so just a a keen imagination of how to solve solve problems in an earlier stage market but it's it's incredibly exciting over here so andy it sounds like there's a more diverse regulatory infrastructure throughout the right. APAC region. And that's one of the issues that you are trying to address uh, in in the new business development for Acre. And uh, that's really exciting because there's so much going on in so many different places, right? Cultures and, and economically, culturally and economically. Now, Gloria, Acre recently launched the Sustainability Census to support leaders in gathering employment data at the leadership level of their companies. Now, why are these data sets important for sustainable business development? Mm. It's a really, really great question and, and I think so important. I'm, I'm really thrilled that Acre uh, launched the Sustainability Census and it's something that, that Andy and the team have done in years past. I would say we believe that the data and insights out of the sustainability census, the survey really support many of our market observations while providing a, a deeper and, and, and more, I guess, deeper and additional context that we can share broadly with the market and, and in terms of the, the market reach that we have. Um, and then also it really, I think, underscores the knowledge that Acre holds in sustainable finance, we can bring that to our current clients and really have just a broader and more uh, enriched 
ability to reach more people and within the conversations. I would also say that some of the highlights that come out of the sustainability census, which I think are, are really critical, are new team building trends in sustainable finance, best practices for team structures, uh, uh, career progression. I think that's a that's a big one, as well as, quite frankly, along with compensation and rewards within sustainable finance, a topic so many people have at the top of their minds and often want to discuss with us, many of us here at Acre. Good. Well, thank you very much. I I, I saw in a, um, uh, a LinkedIn post uh, last week that over a thousand executives have taken this uh, the census at this point, and and I'm one of them. And so, thank you ah, very good. much. It really helped me to organize <laughs> my own thoughts for the Sustainable Finance Podcast and Paul Ellis Consulting related to the sustainability issues. So uh, I encourage cool. everyone to get to, well, the, 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 it's over for now, right? Uh, we but have three more days, three, three more, more days. days. Yes. Yeah, I, th I think we've, we've, ex we've extended it, which, which, which tends to happen each time around. So this is our, our seventh or eighth survey, but this is with, aiming for a far more global um, sample this time. And we need to get to several hundred individuals, at least in each region, in order for us to really get value from crunching crunching the data. That's very easy for us in, let's say, the UK, where we've been for, for 20 years. But in our newer markets, we're having to work hard to, um, to build up um, that number of responses. So yeah, please do participate. And it's pro bono on our behalf. It's part of us contributing thought leadership to the market, obviously very useful for us as well as the market as well. So yeah, we want to make it as, as big and as useful as possible. Well, we're going to be posting or dropping this program after the fact. Yes, so, I just uh, realized that. Even so, it would be great. People can, uh, maybe we can anticipate how they can participate in, uh, in the future. Absolutely. Or, uh, do, some other, do some other survey this year now. Andy, mm -hmm. what is the significance for ACRE um, and for your global team of uh, the fact that uh, Acre has achieved certified B Corp status in the last year. And you might want to explain to our listeners what that actually means in terms of B Corp status to start. Thank you. Yeah, so, so B Corp, B Corp is a, a commitment um, to not only being a profitable business, but putting equal measure towards um, people and planet as well. Um, and in order to become a B Corp, you have to reflect that in your articles of association. Um, so it's an important commitment. Um, and we became B Corp certified eight months or so ago after <clears throat> probably um, a two-year application process or assessment process, which, which was far too long. Um, and actually, through that process, a lot had changed and we were probably even more um, far along our um, sustainability journey. But ultimately, B Corp um, looks to assess um, every element of your business from a social environmental perspective, so your use of carbon, your use of waste, um, diversity and inclusion, how you're looking after your staff, how you're contributing to your marketplace. And what, what's it meant to us? It's um, As an organisation, we're, we're obviously a commercial um, company, but at the at the heart of the organization is a very, very deep sense of purpose. And we know that um, the more impact um, we can catalyze, and when I say impact, I'm talking about environmental and social impact, the more successful we're going to be. And the greater a citizen of, of this planet that we call home will be, 
not only that, we also know that to to succeed commercially in in this market, um, as a as a recruiter in operating across sustainability, if you're not passionate, if you don't have passion at your core, you're you're very unlikely to be successful because it's a very emotive marketplace. And most people who work in um, this market, our clients, they're here for a reason. They they care about something, an element of of sustainability. So we we've always, without being a B Corp. We've always been like totally purpose-led, but what B Corp has allowed us to do is to to benchmark ourselves, um, and we became B Corp certified. The first time you get a score when we when you become B Corp certified, and what we can now do is <clears throat> we will rescore, get a rescore in a, in a year or so, and we can judge how much progress we've made um, since our first application. That's an important thing for us to do. Um, so it's a great benchmark. Um, it's a great thing to shout about. There's a load of innovation going on throughout the the B Corp ecosystem, and it's been a very meaningful um, thing for Acre. Yes, and and going forward, I see it as being even more important because it's still fairly true, isn't it? And and I'm, you know, bo- please both of you comment on this briefly. That m- most sustainability focused professionals working with companies, whether they're the chief sustainability office or in some other sustainability-focused position, were not either educated or trained initially in sustainability uh, mm-hmm. in terms of their previous careers. Is that, is that still true? Is that still the case in most so uh, sectors of, of the economy? Th- those moving into CSO positions not necessarily coming from a previous sustainability position? Yes. Um, yeah, so the first time that that we saw that was in 2012, hmm. uh, when Unilever hired a, a lady called Gail Clintworth in from one of their commercial functions into the CSO position. And we were very excited about that at the time. We saw that as a, a really exciting step forward. That's probably become more so the norm now, putting hmm. people in CSO positions who understand the business. Um, some might argue that, that that's occasionally happening um, too much at the expense of sustainability um, knowledge. But I think there's a there's a balance to be struck that a lot of organisations are getting right. Mm. And and actually, I would add on the sustainable finance side that many universities have developed great programs for for talented either people coming coming through undergrad or going back for graduate degrees and, and really deepening their their core knowledge of sustainable or sustainability in in general uh, so I, I would say yeah from 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 the sustainable finance side we we definitely see people deepening their skill but to your point earlier and it goes to what what the difference is probably 20 years ago and and, and for me maybe 10 years ago to today. Okay, so now, Gloria, you've dedicated your entire search career to sustainable finance and impact investing. So what are the major differences, uh, including what we've just discussed, in talent gaps between 10 years ago and those that you observe today? So, yeah, thank you for that question, because it, it really was a, a conscious choice. And I'm you know, truly thrilled to be able to, to dedicate the work that I do to sustainable finance and impact investing. So I'd say, aside from the gray hairs, uh, more gray hairs, uh, <laughs> <laughs> since 10 years ago, I would say the, 
the some of the differences and probably you know I'll I'll call them the five the five the top five differences is that the the no, the sheer number of talent 10 years ago was obviously more limited right we were looking for people who had the language of finance but also had the passion and the calling right whereas today we have a, we have more we have a, a larger number of people who have the the passion and have the language of of finance and also have experience the other i would say the number two difference uh, in terms of the talent gap was was probably 10 years ago we were we were really looking at that barbell a uh, 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 barbell uh, condition of talent right we had junior people who we were able to put into some of those positions who we were training up and we had more senior people who really had kind of caught on earlier but probably were not at the right level from the I'll call it the mid-level uh roles that we were that we were uh building and 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 hiring for 10 years ago. So that that's one of the difference now we we absolutely see larger numbers at 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 every level. The deal experience also was pretty limited for those who had impact focused deal experience whether having worked at an impact focused fund or even even uh ESG strategy and then i would say the last two really were the 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 overall passion for sustainable finance and impact investing has has just exploded and and that i i would say is one of the biggest you know kind of trends that that i've seen but 10 years ago it was there was a sm- much smaller group of people who were really very passionate about this uh and then i would say the last one really goes back to the knowledge of product right we in sustainable finance we had a limited number of individuals who understood financial product and could apply it to either a a traditional fund or a traditional investment management firm or bank uh and and those who had really very specialized uh, experience. So what I'm hearing from both of you is that it takes passion, it takes knowledge, and increasingly it takes more information about data uh, and the work that is being done within companies for not only their clients and their customers, but for regulatory infrastructure as well. So please, both of you, Andy, let's start with you. Tell our followers how Acre recruits top climate and clean tech candidates for both public and private companies. Okay, so I'll I'll try not to give a a boring commoditized answer here, but I'll, I'll think about this more, more holistically. I, I think that the way we do so is by caring deeply about what we do and by thinking about how we can have impact um, ahead of commercial success, which makes us really care about um, the result that our, that our clients get and making sure that we hire um, the, the correct people into roles. Um, we also give a lot of, spend a lot of time thinking about how to measure business competency uh, alongside sustainability competency, so we've we've developed a, we've interviewed about 200 sustainability executives, and, and from that we've developed eight competencies, which we think are most important to assess when we're hiring a sustainability leader. Um, I think the the final point I would make, and this is a, you know, it's it's probably partly a change as as Aker moves up the the value 
Jane and hires great people like Gloria, but also maybe just a, a general change in, in recruitment and search. We are able to offer a much more holistic and broad service to our clients now, which goes beyond executive search. We can, once we place somebody in a role, um, we can then help develop that individual's leadership capabilities. We have a service which does that. Um, we can also support clients through our advisory firm um, to build cultures and structures to, to help their people thrive. But at the heart of what we do, um, it's all about empowering people, whether we place them, whether we develop them, or whether we help companies form structures to allow those people to thrive. That's, that's what we're all about as an organization. Gloria, what do you have to add to Andy's comments? Please. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm personally truly thrilled to, to be with the team at Acre and wholeheartedly agree with everything that Andy mentioned. Uh, and I would also add, you know, to, to one of the points that you made, uh, Paul, about how, how, the, how Acre is looking to hire clean tech candidates, right, or people in that, in that space. It's a very big space, as we know, right? Um, and I, I believe, each each seg sector segment of our business sustainable finance sustainable energy and sustainable business we're all kind of coming together and often working together to to support those those searches and those projects but i would say acre predominantly in terms of clean tech is focused on the energy transition and electrification of transportation work uh, and you know to to andy's point earlier uh, We've hired some really great people. One of my colleagues in New York is Tom Rockford, and he's been able to hire a couple of really strong people who are experienced and are very knowledgeable about that space. So on top of, of Acre, really looking to hire passionate people who are, are uh, in support of building and embedding talent within public and private companies, we're also out there you know, reaching those those candidates that have this expertise. And to me, it's it's as I said, it's just very integral and and in, embedded in all that we do across each sector. Oh, that, that that's fantastic. Both of you. Thank you very much for those comments. And I am so excited to be part of the process working with you because I can as as we all know, things are changing fast and yeah. furiously in in our part of the business world. And I, I can't wait to hear more of what's being developed through Acres Focus and, and the team that you're working with both in the US and the EU and over in Asia now. Uh, in Singapore, Andy, where you're developing the focus. But Absolutely. now, Andy and Gloria, where online can followers of the Sustainable Finance Podcast learn more about Acre, and how can they get in touch with you about questions for the issues that we've been discussing in today's program? So our, our website is um, acre.com, A-C-R-E.com, so exceptionally easy to, to remember. Mm -hmm. um, and please, um, you know, reach out to us um, direct. We're, we're, we're all on LinkedIn. We're, we're used to um, speaking a lot is, is part of the job. Um, so um, please, please reach out. We, we love feedback and we love suggestions. And if we can support, uh, then, then we'd love to do so as well. Gloria, how about you? Agree, agree for sure. 
Uh, absolutelyacre.com. I, I love the, the the quickness of that. And then obviously, if if anyone would like would like to uh, email us directly, we're happy to reply and 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 be supportive in any way possible. So that's exciting for us, and and hopefully people will reach out. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to further programs, and I want to thank you both, Andy Cartland and Gloria Mirioni. And for our listeners, if you're ready to take your career to the next level, or if you're searching for the perfect fit for your team, head over to acre.com. That's acre.com to learn more about their latest opportunities. With the right individuals leading the way in your company, sustainability becomes more than a buzzword. Let Acre enable real change by embedding and developing purpose-driven people in your teams and to our followers. Join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, and this is the Sustainable Finance Podcast. 